0: Good morning, I'm Pastor Gillespie from St. John Evangelical, Lutheran Church and School, Sherman Center, Random Lake, Wisconsin. Good to have you with us here this morning for the Congregation of Prayer, a guide for daily meditation and prayer around God's Word. It is Tuesday, February 7th, 2023, and we'll continue our catechesis today from the book of Exodus. We're in Exodus 2. Moses, all grown up. (laughs) All right, let's begin. From thence he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Let's say our verse. The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and a contrite heart. These, O God, you will not despise. Psalm 51, verse 17. We talked about this... uh, it was a Bible class on Sunday. You know uh, the the famous anecdote from Hammer of God, the book by Bo Garrits, which is uh, worth your worth your reading if you haven't read it. Uh, excellent view into the different eras of the, and in particular the Church of Sweden, but really our churches, both the the era of Pietism, the era of um, Rationalism, and of course Orthodoxy. And so you can see um, all three have weasled their way into the. <laughs> I shouldn't weasel uh, both. Uh, You know, an exaggeration of piety, an exaggeration of rationalism have uh, found their way into our churches at various times. But uh, one of the anecdotes is talks about, um, I think the pastor, who's a pious pastor, says um, to the the parishioner, you know, that you need to give your heart to Jesus. And the parishioner rightly says, why would God want that old rusty thing? Right. But actually, uh, that's what the psalm says, right? What do we sacrifice to God? Our broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart. God will take that and then create in us, as the Psalm 51 also says, a clean heart, O God. Renew a steadfast spirit within me. All right? Good. Our psalm this week is Psalm 18, a psalm of the Exodus, um, but the first six verses. I love you, O Lord, my strength. The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer, my God, my rock in whom I take refuge, my shield and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold. I call upon the Lord, who is worthy to be praised, and I am saved from my enemies. The cords of death encompassed me, the torrents of destruction assailed me, the cords of Sheol entangled me, the snares of death confronted me. In my distress I called upon the Lord, to my God I cried for help. From his temple he heard my voice, and my cry to him reached his ears. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit. As it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. Right, explain to the children uh, the four metaphors here, and that four distinct, but different, saying the same thing, um, but four times in a row, right? But in different ways. The cords of death encompass me. So we to talk about what a cord is, you know, a twine, one of them said, well, it's, like it's multiple strands of twine all woven together so that it's even stronger yet, right? And they're encompassing me, they're surrounding you, right? Torrents of destruction, we talked about, you know, floodwaters or, um, you know, our, a rushing river and the way that it destroys and tears apart everything in its wake, and then uh, cords of Sheol again talked about those binding uh, cords like chains. Um, here we had to talk about what Sheol means, which is the place of the dead, right? Not 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 hell, the place reserved for the devil and his angels, and then ultimately those who uh, reject Jesus together altogether. But um, but the place of the dead where they rest in peace until uh, until uh, Christ comes again. But here, you know they're entangling them, they're being held down into death. And then the snares of death, we talk about a snare, right, you know, we eventually came to the idea of a trap or the different kinds of, um, well, one of them said that, the, that they used to, to move the pigs around, they have, uh, have a snare, so like a, a loop that they can get around their nose, right, um, to help lead them around, right? I guess that's called a snare as well, right? But here it's this uh, snare that would, would entrap you, right? So death confronted me, the snares of death, right? But then as we'll see in Exodus here in our reading today, when when all these things are taking place, what do we do? Do we, do we despair? Do we live in hopelessness? No, we cry out to the Lord in our distress, and he hears our voice from heaven, right? Um, and he answers us. So the Lord allows us even to um, to experience these things in order that we return to him in faith and in prayer. All right. Our catechism this week is the Office of the Keys. What is the Office of the Keys? The Office of the Keys is that special authority which Christ has given to his church on earth to forgive the sins of repentant sinners, but to withhold forgiveness from the unrepentant as long as they do not repent. Where is this written? This is what St. John the Evangelist writes in chapter 20. The Lord Jesus breathed on his disciples and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive anyone his sins, they are forgiven. If you do not forgive them, they are not forgiven. What do you believe according to these words? I believe that when the called ministers of Christ deal with us by his divine command, in particular when they exclude openly unrepentant sinners from the Christian congregation and absolve those who repent of their sins and want to do better, this is just as valid and certain even in heaven as if Christ our dear Lord dealt with us himself. All right. Um, by the way, uh, anytime we're reading something, you have a question, if you're watching live or listening live, even if you're not, later in the day feel free to reach out and leave a comment. Um you can send an email, whatever, use the, the various means of communication uh you know, to ask your question. I'm uh, uh, more than happy to try to respond as time allows. Greetings to those of you who are watching live. We've got Don and Karen on Facebook, Gus and Eileen are on Facebook, Karen's on YouTube, Vicky's on YouTube, uh, Lori's on Facebook, Michael's on YouTube, and Chris is on Facebook. Good to have you with us today to pray together. All right. First reading is a continuation from John's Gospel, uh, We're still in chapter 8, beginning in verse 46. Which of you convicts me of sin? And if I tell the truth, why do you not believe in me? He who is of God hears God's words, therefore you do not hear because you are not of God. Then the Jews answered and said to him, Do we not say rightly that you are a Samaritan and have a demon? Jesus answered, I do not have a demon, but I honor my Father, and you dishonor me. And I do not seek my own glory. There is one who seeks and judges. Most assuredly, I say to you, if anyone keeps my word, he shall never see death. All right, so again, the identity of Jesus is that conflict here. Where does he come from? Who has sent him? Um, they keep doubling down and rejecting his authority as being from, from the Father, from God the Father, and that he does not um, speak outside the truth, but he speaks only what he's been given to say. Um, and all, of course, then their identity is in question too. Yesterday, you are of your father, the devil, right? And now they, they take that quite personally. But here again, you are not of God, right? Because you refuse to hear the one whom God has sent. Right? This is very much like we've talked about with Ezekiel um, in regards to prophetic language. Right? If you refuse to receive the prophet whom God sends to you, who speaks with uh, God's name and under and God's word, according to God's word, then you're refusing God Himself. Right? And it does not go well for those who refuse those whom God has sent. All right, and then our reading for Catechesis is from Exodus chapter 2. Now it came to pass in those days when Moses was grown that he went out to his brethren and looked at their burdens, and he saw an Egyptian beating a Hebrew, one of his brethren. So he looked this way and that way, and when he saw no one, he killed the Egyptian and hid him in the sand. And when he went out the second day, behold, two Hebrew men were fighting. And he said to the one who did the wrong, why do you strike? are you striking your companion? Then he said, who made you a prince and a judge over us? Do you intend to kill me as you killed the Egyptian? So Moses feared and said, surely this thing is known. When Pharaoh heard of this matter, he sought to kill Moses, but Moses fled from the face of Pharaoh and dwelt in the land of Midian, and he sat down by a well. Now, the priest of Midian had seven daughters. And they came and drew water, and they filled the troughs to water their father's flock. But then the shepherds came and drove them away. But Moses stood up and helped them and watered their flock. When they came to Ruel, their father, he said, How is it that you have come so soon today? And they said, An Egyptian delivered us from the hand of the shepherds. And he also drew enough water for us and watered the flock. We called to his daughters, And where is he? And why why is it that you have left the man? Call him that he may eat bread." Then Moses was content to live with the man, and he gave Zipporah his daughter to Moses. And she bore him a son. He called his name Gershom, for he said, I have been a stranger in a foreign land. Now it happened in the process of time that the king of Egypt died. Then the children of Israel groaned because of the bondage, and they cried out, and they, their cry came up to God because of their bondage. So God heard their groaning, and God remembered his covenant with Abraham, with Isaac, and with Jacob. And God looked upon the children of Israel, and God acknowledged them. All right, so uh, apparently, did Moses know that he was a Hebrew? It uh, does appear to be so, doesn't it? <laughs> uh, so Moses, what does Moses observe? One of his people, right? Being beaten by an Egyptian. Egyptian actually killing a Hebrew is what's going on here. It's life and death. It's a matter of life and death. Uh, but notice what Moses does before killing the Egyptian himself, striking him down. Again, a metaphor for death, or way of speaking of death. He checked to see if anything, anyone was watching him. Um, what does he think he's accomplishing here? I think it's a little bit of foreshadowing, right? Um, even though he's reluctant to do so later, God is beginning uh, to demonstrate that He is the one who will save His save His people, rescue His people. Um, it's actually there's actually a long sermon on this from uh, from Stephen, right? When he's brought before the council, listen to what Stephen has to say about this incident. Now, when he was 40 years old, it came into his heart to visit his brethren, the children of Israel. And seeing one of them suffer wrong, he defended and avenged him who was oppressed and struck down the Egyptian. For he supposed that his brethren would have understood that God would deliver them by his hand. But they did not understand. And the next day he appeared to two of them who were fighting, trying to reconcile them, saying, Men and brethren, why, why do you wrong one another? All right. So this is in uh, Acts chapter 7. But that interesting statement right there from Stephen, interpretive statement. For he supposed that his brethren would have understood that God would deliver them by his hand. But they did not understand, right? So Stephen gives us that exegetical, um, it must be a tradition, that um, Moses thought that he was already becoming their deliverer here. But I think it would be helpful then to note, outside of God's command and direction, right? Whereas later from Sinai, God will distinctly sent him to save the people. Alright, all right. next day he sees the two Hebrews fighting, as we heard from Stephen. Um, and what does the Hebrew ask, Mo, uh, ask about Moses' authority? So here it is. Who made you a prince and a judge over us? Ironically, later he will be made prince and judge, right? But not yet. Right. So now, again, he's acting outside of the authority. Uh, acting with authority has not been given. All right. So when Pharaoh finds out, um, what he did to the Egyptian, he tries to kill Moses, right? Moses flees, of course, to live in Midian. Uh, I didn't give you a map of this, but um, if you imagine Egypt and then the Sinai Peninsula, Midian is on the next side over. So, um, I would I would say that's modern day Iraq, if I remember right. But on the on the coast of um, what is that? The 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 Gulf Sea? Yeah, that would be the the the, the Gulf, right? Or it's actually the the inlet of water next to the Gulf. All right, fine, I have to look at the map (laughs) (laughs) because my memory is not working so well here. Uh, Let's see. I'm not gonna try to put it up on the screen for you, but uh, what land is that today? Let's see here. Yeah, so it's the Gulf of Arabia. On the other side of the Sinai Peninsula between Egypt um, and Saudi Arabia today is the Gulf of Suez, right, which leads into the Suez Canal that takes you up into the Mediterranean Sea. Um, but on the other side is the Gulf of Arabia, I believe, or Aquaba is what it was called then, um, which is next to Midian, and then north of Midian is Edom, north of Edom is Moab, right This is all on the uh, eastern side of the of the Jordan River, but Midian is far south, all right, this is a good map. I should probably save this map. It's quite quite helpful all right uh let's see so then uh. Oh, we should ask who the Midianites are. Okay, so, so the, the Midianites are actually children of Abraham um, by way of Keturah. I don't know if you remember Keturah. I don't know if we talk too much about, about her. Um, Keturah, this was the wife that bore him. Oh, this was his, uh, his wife after um, Sarah died. Uh, this is after uh, Rebekah is given to Isaac, right, in his mother's death. All right, so Sarah dies, and then Abraham took again a wife. Her name was Keturah, and she bore him Zimram, Jokshan, Medan, and Midian, Ishk, Bak, and Shua. Uh, Jokshan bore Sheba and, and Dadan, and the sons of Dadan were Asherim, Latushim, and Lemumim. The sons of Midian were Epha, Ephur, Hanak, Abida, and Elda. <laughs> All these were the children of Keturah. And Abraham gave all that he had to Isaac. But Abraham gave gifts to the sons of the concubines, which Abraham had. And while he was still living, he sent them eastward, away from Isaac, his son, to the country of the east. Well, that's awkward, right? So this, these are children of Abraham, not, not by way of Hagar, but by way of Keturah, right? So kind of a little bit of a backstory that you don't talk about in Sunday school. All right. Uh, who came to the well here in Midian? has seven daughters, right, of a priest of Midian. We find out his name later. It's Ruel, right? Uh, what does Moses do for these girls? We saw in the picture on the title frame, right? He runs off the shepherds um, who were trying to drive them away from watering their flock by the well, right? And we've talked about the well before being um, the what kind of well. What do we call this? Uh, where waters, rainwater would be gathered. Cistern, right? Yeah, that's the word. Okay. Um, so he rescues them, right? This should remind us, of course, of a few different stories. We have all sorts of earlier encounters at Wells. Uh, we have Jacob with with Rachel, right? Um, do we have also Isaac with Rebecca, right? That was the servant of Abraham uh, with Rebecca. Um, and then in the New Testament, we see two encounters, actually. Uh, we have one in John chapter four. I don't know if you remember that one. So that's uh, the woman at the well, of course, and that's Jacob's well, the one in, uh, which is called Sychar, given to, uh, which Jacob had uh, given to Joseph as an inheritance. So this is in the north. Um, This would be to Joseph's sons, which would be um, Manasseh and Ephraim. So this is in in the land of Ephraim. Uh, But here now, of course, Ephraim becomes foundational for Samaria, right, to The Samaritan woman by the well. And then also um, John 10, where Jesus speaks of being a good shepherd who knows his own, and his own know him, right? And I give them living water. Where is that? Yeah, that's that's at the feast of the dedication is when he talks about the living water coming from the stone. Oh, yes, all of that conversation. Again, by a well. So these early encounters at the well, and then also the way that Jesus would act as the good shepherd in dealing with the Samaritan at the well. We see all these brought to culmination in Jesus. But, all right, so what, um, after the daughters record or report to their father, Ruel, uh, what does um, he tell them to do? Go invite Mr. Uh, Moses to have something to eat, right? And then ultimately, I guess Moses has uh, can work for him, much like we saw uh, with Jacob, with Rachel and Leah, right? And uh, here he's ultimately given Zipporah as a wife, right? And then they have a son. His name is Gershom. I don't know if we hear a lot about him, Um, but he has an interesting name, which Gershom means stranger in a foreign land. All right, and then in those days, however many days, the king of Egypt died. This would remind us of a story. Remember, a king seeking the death of the one who would deliver his people. That would be Herod seeking Jesus' death and then after a time in Egypt Jesus is returned, right? Here after a time of Midian Moses is returned to Egypt. So we have kind of an inversion there but the return of Joseph, Mary and Jesus after Herod's death certainly in, in view. And then what happened when the Israelites cried out just as we prayed in the psalm which is echoing this text. Right? It's written later. God heard their groaning and he remembered his covenant with Abraham, with Isaac and with Jacob. All right? Is it True that God had ever forgotten them? No, but that's certainly their perception, right? Uh, he calls out, they cry, cry out to him, and he hears them, and he's going to deliver them as he had promised. We talked about that promise was even made to Abraham. Uh, it's repeated, of course, by Jacob to Joseph. All right. So Moses thought that he had been called to be their deliverer because he saw that there was no man to defend his own people. His own people rejected Moses as they would reject the servant when he was sent by the Father to save them from the slavery of sin. Unlike Moses' fellow Hebrews, the seven daughters of the priest of Midian immediately confess Moses to be their deliverer. They are like the church looking for the good shepherd to save them from the bad shepherds, that is, those who offer the false teachings and keep them away from the living waters. The good shepherd brings us to the well of baptism and has us drink of the living water of his spirit. Now we are strangers in a strange land awaiting the day when our Lord brings us to our true inheritance in heaven. Okay, we've got our hymn. Uh, Let's sing stanza three and four today.
1: Ask them, your offering finished once for all, men and you were slain. In its boldest, undiminished shall for her repay. From every state Life imparting heavenly man stricken rock with his streaming sun Heaven and earth with loud hosanna Worship you for a Alleluia, alleluia, alleluia. Risen ascended, Lord, Risen ascended, Lord, All
0: right, let us pray. O Lord, graciously hear the prayers of your people, that we who justly suffer the consequence of our sin may be mercifully delivered by your goodness to the glory of your name. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. We pray, O Lord Jesus, we give thanks to you that you have given to your church on earth that special authority to forgive the sins of repentant sinners, but to withhold forgiveness from the unrepentant as long as they do not repent. Grant faithfulness to your church, and her ministers in preaching the gospel and administering the sacraments. Deliver us from all impenitence and unbelief. Give us truly repentant hearts, that confessing our sins and fleeing to your mercy, we might receive from you the full and free forgiveness of all our sins. By your forgiveness, strengthen our faith in you, and grant us to live in faithfulness and love toward others. In your holy name we pray. Amen. We pray today for deliverance against temptation and evil, for the addicted and despairing, for the tortured and oppressed, and for those struggling with sin. We also pray for the households of our church, especially that of Jessica, Alicia, Gary and Julie, Mariah and Len, our catechumens, Christian, Wyatt, Aaliyah, Lydia, Charlie, Kaylee, and Kimberly. We pray for all those ill receiving treatment and recovering. Um, Some of you have asked about uh, Naomi. Just want to let you know that um, uh, we're keeping her in our prayers because uh, she's going to need an operation to remove a Mass in her get the right organ here, not her spleen, uh, her pancreas, her pancreas, All Right, we had a consult yesterday, so um, that will be in a few weeks yet, we'll find out when the surgery will be, so we want to keep her in our prayers, both before surgery and after, uh, we also include in our prayers Marcella, Joe, Kelsey, Walt, Christopher, Dan, Brad, and Ron, Betty, Joan, Cheryl, Pat, Merlin, and Heidi, Dick, and Karen, pray for our homebound, Ed, Paul, and Pauline, pray for our Mission of the Month, Sheboygan Lutheran High School, pray for our relatives, and we pray for our benefactors. For all this, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. All right. God be with you today. Keep you safe. Um, again, keep Naomi and the, all the rest of those in our congregation in need in your prayers. Um, let's see. You can uh, watch Sunday's uh, Bible study or uh, listen to it's, the sermon or watch the sermon. There are various platforms available for that. Um, it is interesting that as as much as I... Repeat or remind people that these things are available. I still discover that uh, regular faithful members don't know that uh, this daily prayer is available, that they can go watch or listen to sermons later on, that they can listen or watch live uh, on the various platforms. Um, so it might be helpful, if, especially if you know uh, those in, your, in, in the congregation that um, are not able to be in regular attendance, to remind them about um, those opportunities so they can still hear God's word and receive faith and have their faith strengthened that way. Of course, then. Uh, Receiving the sacrament is something we do in person, so um, encourage them to gather in person, if not, um, to invite them, contact me about bringing them the sacrament. All right? So, um, God be with you all, and uh, keep you safe today and always. We'll see you again tomorrow. We thank you for listening to this podcast from St. John Evangelical Lutheran Church, Sherman Center in Random Lake, Wisconsin.